where would you like to go? everybody and welcome to today's episode of Take Me Too. This is Sunny from It Is Sunny over here and we are joined here today by Cynthia and Maddie who are going to take us to... Latvia! <laughs> Cynthia and Maddie are founders of the Travel Story Society, a blog where all travel lovers can share their travel adventures, providing a much needed escape for their readers, especially now with the pandemic going on. They also host the Travel Story Society's podcast, where they aim to get the weirdest, funniest, and sometimes scariest travel stories out there and entertain their audience in a genuine way. You can find them at the Travel Story Society on Instagram, or even better, check out their blog on www.travelstorysociety.com. Of course, I have included all of their links in the description for you, so you can check them out. So, hello guys, thank you for joining me and taking me and our audience to Latvia today. Hi! Nice to... <laughs> Nice to meet you. We're uh, we really appreciate that quick shout out. That was yeah, that was spot perfect. on. Couldn't have explained it better ourselves. <laughs> of course, you guys are one of my favorite travel couples <laughs> since <laughs> I started reading your blog. So I think my audience would love to to read your blog as well and check you out. Hopefully, one Fingers of the favorite travel couples, Reese. Reese. Um, Reese is my friend from Wales who we've just brought on as part of the team as well. So he's part of the Travel Story Society. <laughs> so if you're out there, Reese. We're still the heads of this program, so just remember that. <laughs> Let him know. So what is Travel Story Society about? I know everybody can go on there and share their travel story. Yeah, so basically we just we were just sat in the bedroom one day, just kind of like, I'm so bored of reading other people's travel stuff that's been like so heavily edited and like so kind of clickbaity and that kind of stuff where we just like hearing people's travel stories. So we like to think we're quite well-traveled people. You know, that's kind of a pretentious thing to say, but, you know. Um, and one of my favorite things about traveling is sitting in hostels, listening to people's travel stories of other yeah. places that we then want to go. And we just like, let's set up a website where people can get in touch with us if they don't want to start a whole blog of their own, but they kind of want to share a story, then we can provide a platform for their, them to share their story. And that's also great for us to just sit in read people's stories as well yeah we also do a podcast so if you're not a big reader you can listen to the travel story society podcast as well and we just have guests who talk about loads of different places and we chat about favorite places they've been to their bucket lists food all the great food's things. always a big topic yeah. with whatever we do but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's all genuine travel stories from actual regular people not travel bloggers and it's not glammed up as you mentioned yeah it's like people who it's like people who want to be travel bloggers but they're not really there yet and we're kind of just like just like, tell us your favorite story you don't have to make it yeah. like top five most instagrammable spots like top five like that kind of stuff it's like just your favorite travel story that you would tell if we were having a drink down the pub then just yeah. just whatever you would tell me it's just that kind of more genuine like yeah. talking about travel stories rather than this is the best place to go in easter like you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, and that's what I like about your podcast, guys, and I bet our, my audience will as well. So, tell us something about yourself. Uh, introduce yourself to our audience and your connection to Latvia, which is very important for us. <laughs> so, I'm Cynthia, and I'm a Latvian. <laughs> um, so, I come from the capital city, which is Riga. 
and I've lived there all my life. And then when I was 18, I moved to the UK, to London, to study Chinese. And yeah, what's and your that, connection, mate? Uh, so my connection <laughs> is I'm dating somebody from Latvia. Uh, and I currently live with somebody from Latvia. They're the same person. I'm not dating with a Latvian and living with someone. They're, they're the same person. They're Cynthia. And uh, yeah, so I've I've also been to Latvia a couple of times. I've really enjoyed it. So I'm here to give it the more touristy point of view, even though it's like the British touristy point of view, which is always the worst point of view. And Cynthia <laughs> can go into more depth as like a local. Yeah, exactly. Best of the bo- both worlds. You know? <laughs> and that's what we're looking for here. So for those of you who don't know, I think uh, when you mention Latvia, it raises a lot of question marks with people. <laughs> it was similar with me. So Latvia is one of the three Baltic countries located between Lithuania and Estonia. Uh, it's along the Baltic Sea in Northern Europe. And although it is very small, this country is full with fascinating medieval castles and eye-catching architecture, unique culture as well, and a beautiful nature all in all. Uh, Latvia's capital city is Riga, and this country has only 1.92 million residents, and it's one of Europe's hidden gems. Uh, the local currency is Euro, and is there anything you guys want to add that I'm missing out? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the term hidden gem. I think that's yeah. actually one of the perfect ways to kind of describe Latvia as a whole. Like Riga itself, we'll, we'll talk about it all later, but Riga itself is one of those places that's starting to kind of get a bit of tourism, but not enough to kind of put you off. Yeah, you it's still I mean? it's still very like you get a lot of tourists in the old town, but other than that, it's a place that you can go and it has all the facets of like a European break without all the masses of tourists. So if yeah. you go to like Barcelona, then there's tourists everywhere, and if you go to Paris, it's the very yeah. similar kind of thing. And Riga is one of those places in Eastern Europe, kind of as a whole. We're going to talk about why I'm not allowed to call it Eastern Europe but, <laughs> uh, anywhere. East of uh, Austria as a whole is kind of like, uh, is that kind of place in Riga really gives that sense. And then Latvia as a whole is amazing, full of nature and wonderful stuff and um, really connected to nature. So if you're a person who loves nature, then Latvia is the place for you as well. Yeah, exactly. So I really like that introduction about Latvia. I'm feeling very <laughs> that proud. works. <laughs> yeah, but. What I'm waiting for is for you guys to introduce Latvia to us. So let's hear about it from your own personal perspective. Uh, yeah, so as I said, uh, I grew up in Latvia and Riga. And um, I just feel like Riga is, in Latvian journals, like a really chilled out place. Because when you go to like mega cities, you're like, oh, I have to see this, this, this. I have to go there, there, there. And in Riga, you just walk around and you're like, oh, well, this, this is beautiful and you look it up and it's like Art Nouveau in, in Riga is like a big thing because it's like uh, like the buildings in this quarter in Art Nouveau um, region of Riga are amazing and then you uh, go and um, see the Riga Central Market which is the biggest indoor market in Europe um, and it's where um, I think in World War One German soldiers um, kept their Zeppelins It's the Zeppelin hangar so yeah. there's like a massive market that's Used to be Zeppelin hangers in World War One, and that's that's a really cool yeah, thing to go see. And what I didn't expect about Riga was the amount of like kind of foreign food, like that yeah. was on offer, and like the Riga market is a great place to go get sushi, uh, like just any ramen, like all of that kind of stuff. That's like surprising. it's full of that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. I was, <laughs> I had the same kind of thing. Yeah, and if 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 you walk, you know, um, 
along the river Dalgava, which is the main river in Riga. Then across, you can see like um, the National Library, which is in the shape of a mountain, which we call the Mountain of Light because it's library, you know, books. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and it's because of like this very famous Latvian poet. Um, and it's just little things like that about Riga that if you look, if you look it up, it's like a really cool fact. So if you just walk around and absorb, then you can just see how amazing and developed it is as well. Yeah, and then Latvia, like Latvia as a whole is kind of like a great place to go for anything that you want to see. It kind of has like forests and countryside and then there's beaches in Leopaya, which Leopaya, I say Leopaya, yeah. which I say wrong every single time. <laughs> and then you can go to Sigolda where the the scenery is absolutely stunning and uh, that that kind of stuff but i like again riga is an absolutely incredible city from like a more tourist uh point of view i'm gonna go i'm just gonna run through all the don'ts right now in this one sentence <laughs> but i went and was like it's gonna i'm i'm going here because i'm a history student and i was really interested in the soviet union so i was like i know latvia was part of the soviet union or it must be very close to russia it's not like it's totally it's just not like that at all and you go there and it's a it's a real surprise and you kind of get there and you can see the elements of the soviet union it's like four different holidays all in one so you can see like the elements of the soviet union it's really interesting to see that kind of stuff like uh as a as a history student when you see those buildings you're like oh that's that's kind of amazing and then but then there's also the old town in riga which is the classic european medieval yeah. city center with a wonderful gothic church and like the towering buildings that are really narrowed together on either side. Anybody who's traveled around uh, Europe can see that kind of stuff. And then it's also got, it's, it's really impressed me with the food is one thing that I really impressed me with. So you can get, I know, but <laughs> I know, but it, it is, it's very impressive and you can see that kind of stuff as well. And then the final point, the final holiday that you can have in Riga is a very kind of British stag do, like that's what it's, that's what it's starting to become famous for in the UK. Yeah. The kind of stag do culture where you can go there, cheap stay, cheap drinks, have a good time. Like in Riga's. So all what of those is the things. first dome? Don't call them Russians. No, I meant the other dome. Oh, and then the dome for British people is to not piss on the Monument of Freedom, which is what a lot of people do. I haven't done that. Like I was going to ask. <laughs> Is it from personal experience? <laughs> it's just like I sometimes I scroll through like Latvian media and it's like another British tourist pissed on the Monument of Freedom. <laughs> it's like this really important monument in the yeah. center of Riga and British people. We're just we're but... just kind of missing out. But anyway, yeah. yeah. And Let's not other... give British tourists a bad name. <laughs> I'm all, I'm an Although okay British their tourist. reputation is not the best. No, it can't get any worse. Is how I kind of see it. So I go there, and as long as I don't piss on anything, then I've improved the image of a British tourist already. So yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then the first don't you mention is yeah, don't call us Russians, and don't think that we're like super close to like Russia. We don't we don't speak the same language we don't have the same alphabet which is a very popular question <laughs> um yeah so i think for a lot of latvians it's just like we're latvians we're, we're not i i believe it's very personal especially because of the history and the way yeah. the people the, those people have suffered from a lot of not just russia but a lot of their neighboring countries so it yeah. just hits right there 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, doing? it does. Yeah, and and uh, as well as like so another don't is maybe not the same as don't call us Russians, but um, some people are really like fussy because we don't. Some people say Eastern Europeans, so like they refer to Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, and we're just like, no, we're from the Baltics. The Baltic. That's a separate thing. We're all, That's we're the second special. don't <laughs> that Maddie mentioned in the beginning. Yeah, I've, I've gone through all three already. <laughs> a special little, you know, thing. We're Baltic. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that kind of place that has its very own special culture. So, for the for those of you who are thinking about going, like, that, that that's a very long introduction for Latvia, but I think I think it deserves. Sorry it. about that. <laughs> yes, but I think we we covered very important points for all of the listeners out there, and it's it was very nice. I mean, me personally meeting with Latvian culture and with Latvia as a country for the first time before I did my research. Uh, it is very interesting listening about it, and I'm just quietly <laughs> taking it all. In. <laughs> but before we go into our itinerary that you've prepared for us today, why don't we just go over some of the questions that we got from our audience on Instagram and on mm-hmm. on our other social media? Uh, we had some of the basic questions that we get almost every other episode, which is the first one: uh, What is the ideal season to visit Latvia? Summer. Summer. It's not like it's not Summer. even close. Like that's the <laughs> it's um... summer maybe from june to august or it's like may is really hot so if you like hot weather then go in may and then yeah uh, june july august because like winter in latvia it's snowy it's nice but it's also depressing like all the post-soviet gray buildings like monumental block buildings are just gray there's like a meat latvia meme that's like 50 shades of gray and there's like a massive just a block gray building (laughs) (laughs) and like gray skies and everything's gray (laughs) (laughs) it's it actually like i think it has its own kind of its own kind of prettiness like its own charm like that gray dull kind of thing that you see like when you go in the winter but it's definitely so much nicer in the summer it's like the climate is actually really nice it's never too hot it can get it can get really cold. So if you're if you're going to sunbathe, I, I would suggest Latvia wouldn't be the place that you would yeah, go. Yeah, but you can also go like camping. You can go to lots of festivals. Um, yeah. you can celebrate summer summer solstice in Latvia, which is a very very big thing for every Latvian. Everyone in Latvia celebrates summer solstice. Um, so yeah, I think if you want to travel to Latvia, summer's the best best um season to go, and definitely summer solstice in Latvia. And also, wintertime, uh, it gets darker very early on, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about what time, but I think the day is very short, so it's yeah, not it's good like for the tour. It's four, like, yeah, like 4 p.m. It is, like, when I, when I say depressing, it is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but summer love is you, the best, I, the absolute best. <laughs> guess if you're just Northern, Euro- like, Northern European, like, that's just a, like, that's kind of a normal thing. Oh, but then you just call the, me Northern European? You are northern European. Aww. Congrats. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Uh, uh, so, like, you have that kind of, like, that's why it's so popular with British people, no doubt. Like, it's a very similar climate to the UK. So, like, British people aren't going to get sunburned in Latvia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a genuine concern I have. Yeah, it's well. an absolute <laughs> genuine concern. But, like, if you go in the winter, if you're from a sunny place, so if you're listening to this in Spain, you're going to find it very different. Like yeah. that's that's all that's all I'll say. I wouldn't call it entirely depressing, but it's not 
well, the ha- I've, happiest I've, place I've lived to be. I've in Latvia for many, many years. I Maybe I was just excited to see you that time, that time I came and visited. In it's settled. You guys going to spend uh, the winter time in England and then the summertime in Latvia. Yeah, wow. I, think, I, think that's, I think that's a good decision. Yeah, I think that's a good decision. I like that. Okay, and then another question is the best travel duration. Uh, what would be approximately the best travel duration to set aside when you're planning a trip for Latvia? So Riga, three days. Like yeah. you could easily do Riga in three, like maybe four days. Yeah. But then Latvia. That's for like a quick trip if you want to see what like Riga is about, if you're gonna like it, and if you're not really sure what to do. Like a weekend see. trip. Yeah, yeah, like a like it's a perfect kind of weekend break city, but then. If you want to see the whole of Latvia, then it's it's a week, maybe two, like two weeks. But I can't recommend this enough. If you're going to the Baltics, go and see all of the Baltics. Like set aside a good amount of time, like three weeks, and go see uh, Estonia, go see Lithuania, go see Latvia, because it puts them all in their very own context. Because you would expect them to be really similar, right? Like they're three small countries very close together. They're just not. Like they're like cousins, like distant cousins, where it's like it's a perfect analogy. They all have the same kind of yeah. They yeah. all have the same kind of feel. Like they like it's you like, get there and you, and then as soon as you spend more than a day there, then you realize that they're not similar at all. And I I actually wrote a blog about this in my own personal blog that I don't do anymore, and I'm gonna write another blog about it for the Travel Story Society. But it's like a mini microcosm of Europe. So like. Estonia is like the Nordic countries. Uh, Latvia is like Central Europe. So like it's kind of does have a very like Budapesty Berlin, but on a smaller yeah. scale yeah. kind of feel to it. And then Lithuania, as long as you go in the summer, it feels like kind of kind of like a bit Italian, like Southern Europe kind of feel. Yeah, uh, I did not expect is, that answer. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is Vilnius that I'm talking about. Not maybe the rest of Lithuania, maybe not, but Vilnius is very like. Um, like the buildings are very Southern European because it's it's like very Catholic. So the rest of the rest of the Baltics is a. Um, there is actually a blog on our website. It's called "Giving the Middle Finger to the Baltic Stereotype." Yeah, that's that's Estonia, that's about Estonia, but like yeah, same same thing. Like where it's like they're Nordic, they're kind of they want to be Nordic, and you get there and it's all like raw fish and. You literally walk out of Tallinn Airport and it's like IKEA. Like you walk <laughs> into the terminal of Tallinn Airport and it's like IKEA, which is like so all the furniture is very Nordic, and then Vilnius is very like all the buildings are very Catholic, gold plated, and then Riga to to bring it back to Latvia is just like a Central European city because it got uh, overrun by the Germans in the Middle Ages, so the old town is very German, Germanic, very yeah. German, yeah, and there's um. Actually made a joke about it, and Cynthia's friends went mad for it. But no, so if so, if any Latvians are listening, then you'll enjoy this. But for the rest of the audience, uh, Lithuanians and Estonians, you might enjoy this too. But um, so it's like you get like the Holy Trinity. So in Lithuania, it's uh, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is that very Catholic? And then in Estonia, you get um, it's Norway, Sweden, Finland because they want to be Nordic so much. (laughs) And then in uh, Riga, it's just simply. Uh, Narvasan, Lido, and Phoenix. Phoenix, which is basically Narvasan is this. You can see five things in Riga, like everywhere. Number one is Phoenix; it's like a casino place. <laughs> <laughs> then two is Narvasan, which is uh, like a corner shop. 
Then three is um, Lido, which is where Latvians love to eat. It's like Latvian cuisine through and through. You should definitely, definitely go if you're in Latvia. It's the best thing on the planet. Yeah. Three is um, four is a thrift <laughs> thrift shop, Humana. <laughs> and fifth is a cafe, a cafe inn, which is like a really basic coffee shop. But you will see those places everywhere. So, so if anybody from the Baltic found themselves really laughing at that, then I'm, I'm here <laughs> all week. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you found the perfect definition. <laughs> In short, about Latvian culture. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. And then another question that we had for this episode was uh, how to commute locally. So once you arrive in Latvia, you're probably going to be arriving in Riga at the airport. Um, as far as I understood, Riga is uh, relatively not that big of a city, so you can walk around. Is there a need to get like any public tickets for public transport or how do you get around in from Riga to the other cities? If you're in Riga for three days, you can walk in zigzags. Like you'll be, you'll see Riga. Like you just walk through, you know, everywhere, and you have three days. But um, what what we do is we take the tram because it's really reliable. Um, the ticket costs when you're 15, and the cool thing, I mean, I think I it's cool. You get like old trams which are really narrow and rusty, and then at the same time, to certain areas, you get the new trams which are like low. Um, very new, very modern, um, and the old trams are like the stairs are really uh, steep and like they're, they're really really old and narrow and terrible. But I think that's the cool bit about it as well because you get like the old and the new because it's so like transforming into it's like a blend. And um, then the the best thing I think is um, just rent a bike. Yeah. Very good idea. <laughs> because um, there, there are lots of um, cycling paths. So if, even in the main main streets, main roads, um, you can cycle along the Dalgava, Dalgava River. Um, you can cycle across the bridge. It's very cycler-friendly. Um, so I think that's the best thing. But if you want to see Latvia, you just take the bus, which is very cheap, or um, the train to like the seaside or... Just anywhere, basically. Just take the train. Also, very old, rusty trains with very steep stairs. So, yeah, you get that. Like, <laughs> you get the feeling that you're still in like a place where, you know, things things like new things aren't very common, <laughs> which I think is cool. Yeah, and if you want to see kind of the rest of Latvia, then you can rent cars and stuff for kind of cheap if you know how to drive. But I remember getting a tr- I got a train in Latvia from Riga to Sigulda, which is this beautiful nature reserve with um like Pura, a really, the castle with a really nice castle, castle. Yeah. and I got the train there and honestly it was like the oldest one of the oldest trains I think I've ever been on in my life. Like, it was really, <laughs> it's really rickety. But it was, was kinda... an interesting experience, right? Oh yeah, it was great. No, it, it was great. Not, it's not like old as in a locomotive, old like not steam, but it, it felt. <laughs> Wow, you're gonna hate me for saying this. Honestly, I'm gonna get in so much trouble after this podcast. But it felt like a really Soviet train. You know what I mean? Like, and they do it like <laughs> the way it was. Like yeah. it was. That's exactly and it's super what it cheap. Was. Um, the trains are really cheap. Up to up to ten euros. That's like to get across the country, basically. And I read that a day ticket for the buses in Riga costs uh, five euros. So it's very cheap for those who don't want to walk or ride a bike. Probably they can lean towards that option <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's it is quite cheap but um if you want to see more and if you want to do it in even a cheaper way than cycling is the best 
you can also spend a lot of your time you guys call it like bunny hopping or being the rabbit or is what you guys call it where you oh, just yeah. don't pay or you just don't pay because you have to beep your little uh, card have, yeah and you top up your trips I know yeah. we don't encourage that because you have to pay 30 we should not be saying Oh, and then something that I really wanted to ask since the beginning, like we talked about uh, Latvian culture and how it's unique and very different. But I wanted to ask uh, you, Maddie, like, how did you find the people in Latvia when you went there? Because when we talk about the Nordic cultures and Northern Europeans in general, everybody says that they're uh, a little bit more cold, reserved not as friendly as the southern countries. So how did you find the people when you went in Latvia? Uh, it's very much it's very much that kind of thing. It's it's not that they're like cold and reserved. It's just they kind of just leave you to yourself. Like yeah. if you if you need the if you go ask a Latvian for help, they will help you. Like they will they like they'll be really nice about it. As long as you ask somebody over under the age of forty, they'll be able to speak English. If you ask somebody over the age of forty, then chances are they they'll speak Russian, not English, but they might yeah. speak both. But if you ask somebody under the age of forty, they'll be extremely helpful. Like but once you chat to us, we're actually really nice. We just don't look nice. Yeah, it's we just, just like, you, like we don't want to talk to. You. Yeah, it's just like it's it's just kind of like we just they leave you to do your own thing. And uh, I heard this saying in Estonia, and then I asked you about it as well. But it's um, if you can see your neighbor. They're too close, like that's a like that's a very Latvian like way of thinking. Face. <laughs> yeah, so you just like kind of keep yourself to yourself. They won't, they won't bother you. It's yeah. not, it's not like other countries where they see a tourist and they're like money, 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 or like like they'll go over and they'll really want to help you and they'll like they're not like that. They'll leave you to do your own thing, and that's actually a really nice kind of feeling. You're able to just freely walk around, but then if you need help, they'll they'll definitely help you. Yeah, that's very nice. And I respect that. I think I prefer that kind of attitude as well. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, yeah. Because I've lived I've lived in Italy and then, I mean, I love Italians and I love Italian culture, but it's a bit too in your face, mm-hmm. like every time. And then you see those grannies on the balconies, like their balconies. <laughs> Not that you can see them, but you can see everything that you're doing <laughs> inside yeah. the house, like their balconies are like one meter apart. So the grandma is like on the balcony and looking at you like this, and she's not even like blinking. I can so imagine that. I think I prefer that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like in the UK. I'm, when when I started living with my, I was like, why do British people not like get curtains or anything? Because I just can see everything. Do you have I, I can see everything that's going on in your house, where you're eating, where you're watching, who you're with, and it's like not a thing in Latvia. You just shut your curtains and live your life yeah it's like it's considered i i personally think it's considered rude to have your curtains shut like during the day like people judge your house if that like they'll walk past and they'll be like why are their curtains shut like during the something's the going on there the UK, yeah exactly it's that it's that kind of thing and then once once it starts to get dark that's when you shut your curtains in the uk so you can walk down the street and you can see what somebody's just doing in their living room like Whereas in Latvia, there's absolutely no chance. Like no, the, we have nobody... day curtains, so that like they're super transparent, but it's so that people still can see. Like you can't see in us. Yeah, <laughs> no, we just we just don't have that. So I and I I remember saying like I said this to you earlier today. Actually, I was like I don't understand the saying if your neighbor's too close because you like in Riga it's all apartment blocks. Yeah. Like everybody lives in apartments. Um, so I was like, oh, surely you're really close to your neighbors, but your apartment block is a, like your apartment 
itself inside the apartment block is an incredibly private yeah. place. Whereas, like, in the UK, we have, like, street parties and, like, nobody has any privacy. Because no, just, everyone's just they don't care. Their own life, they just don't you know? care. They, they really mind like, their own way. Yeah, yeah they exactly. mind their own business. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something about language and how if you talk to anybody that's below 40 years old, they would just know English and help you out. I was going to ask you, was language ever a barrier to you as a tourist once going and traveling in Latvia? So I went to Latvia once before I met um, before I met Cynthia. So obviously when I went with Cynthia, language wasn't a problem because she was able to help me out. But um, before we went, language also wasn't really a problem. There were a couple of times where like we went into a shop and we were asking for like like asking for a drink or something and the shop owner was over was over the age of 40 so he didn't speak any english so that was a bit of a challenge but it, honestly it's it's really not a problem like just because like they're trying so hard to like become more western like pull yeah. themselves away from like that kind of russian stereotype that the west gives them that it's it's really close to like everybody speaks english it really impresses me how much like everybody speaks English, like it's better than like you think France is so much closer to the UK, but like everybody in Latvia speaks English, and everybody in France tries their hardest not to. And it's yeah. really like it's really nice to kind of be in that uh, kind of place. I can't think of a time where I've really struggled with the language. Good, it's, so it's perfect, very tourist friendly, <laughs> very tourist friendly without having loads of tourists there. Once again, hidden gem. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to turn to Cynthia now and I'm going to ask her because she's our language expert here, yeah. <laughs> our Latvian in the room. And I'm going to ask you, uh, can you tell us the basic vocabulary then or some useful words that one should know before going to Latvia? Uh, yeah, so um, we actually say ciao. For hi. For hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for hello. So, uh, but yeah, we normally just say sveiki or labadien, uh, which is also... Uh, Hi. Then we say paldies, as in thank you. Ata, bye. Yes and no. Very important. Yeah, ne. Yeah, ja, ne. Ja, ne. Yeah. <laughs> also, to be a good tourist, you're going to need to know how to say sorry, which is piedoid. To yeah. be a good British tourist, you, oh, you need to know how to say sorry, whatever you're doing. But yeah, piedoid. Piedoid. Yeah. Uh, what, what else do I know uh, how to Ludzu. say? Uh, please. And then. How would you ask, how much is this? Ludzu. <laughs> <laughs> good that was good Better but how, how would you say it <laughs> um uh, this maxa seek this maxa yeah 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 seek this maxa <laughs> yeah i think i think that's the basics pretty much yeah and then we mentioned uh, quite a few cultural uh, do's and don'ts uh, and things that we shouldn't say or shouldn't do in latvia uh, anything that you would recommend people to do? Like, is there any interesting traditions you would uh, recommend people to check out or any activities that you have in mind that are a must for tourists to experience yeah. the culture? I think the main one is probably Latvian Song and Dance Festival, which happens every four years. Um, so you have to be like determined to go to that specific festival, but it's really, really worth it because we have this a massive stage where about 15,000 people uh, sing in like these traditional Latvian outfits, costumes, whatever you want to call them. Um, and there's an audience who watches them. So uh, I've been a part of it as well. 
and uh, you just sing traditional Latvian songs, and it's like so it's so powerful. You can be like across Riga and still hear people sing from this massive stage. Of, like, it's about four thousand. 4,000, right? People, about 4,000 participate as far as I read every year or maybe it's even 4, more. It's 4,000 viewers and um, oh. it's like, yeah, because, um, yeah, it's it's different each year, but it's up, up to 15,000 uh, because the stage is just really massive. And also we um, dance in stadiums as well. And we do these like really cool patterns. So if you like would fly a drone over the stadium, you would see like really great patterns and like the dancers make those patterns. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful tradition. Um, it's really worth it if you just want to, because we're really proud of like keeping that tradition alive because it's been around since like, uh, 1860s, I would say. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it's, it's something impressive people should see as well as I mentioned summer solstice. So we eat like specific foods. We uh, drink beer we make our own flower, flower crowns we go skinny dipping we jump over a fire which is really dangerous but yeah. um tell me about fire <laughs> we sing we sing latvian songs we really we really like love to sing <laughs> yeah we're proud singers that's yeah. so lovely it's something really really massive about latvians and just their love of singing like it's it is it is kind of crazy when you see this song and dance festival it's absolutely amazing. I can't implore anybody enough but to go look on YouTube for the Latvian Song and Dance Festival because like I I don't even know what they're saying when they're singing, but you feel like really emotional. What's the what's the song that I like? Uh Solar Park and Dalgavan. Yeah, and it's just like a really emotional song about like their time under and how important uh, their time under the Soviet Union and how important it is to like keep Latvian traditions going and it's just a really like it's a really nice thing. I get really emotional whenever I watch it. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and um so basically and this and and midsummer and summer solstice if if you hear someone saying, Oh, we're gonna go and go look for the flower of the fern, it means they're gonna go and have sex, basically. So that's like a midsummer <laughs> thing. <laughs> you would go look for the flower of the fern. <laughs> and um you try and say wake um Sorry, can you say that in in Latvian so any tourists there, if they get asked or if they hear it, oh, they would know. That's, that's, that's a, a brilliant. Good, that's a that's good tip. Yeah, meklet papar dzied. Eya meklet papar dzied. So if anybody hears that, you should know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> yeah, and like it's just like it's just a place where it's like the tradition is so important, and it's that kind of. Um, it's it's a very new but also very old country it's very it's like really strange in that way so it first got its independence in 1917 and then it got its independence again in 1991 uh through actually the singing revolution yeah, which is again really really cool where uh along the baltic sea like lithuanians Latvians, it wasn't and along Estonia. the baltic sea it was from Sorry. Tallinn through riga and then uh vilnius so people just held hands basically like everybody held hands through those cities to, to the protest yeah and just say we want to be free and yeah again song song so everybody was holding hands singing and like that was their revolution against the soviet union that got their freedom through like just holding hands and singing like non-violence like it was it's, yeah that's again really cool videos to go see but like so beautiful they're really entrenched in like their old traditions and that's a really nice thing to kind of see that's not saying that they're not also moving on 
to the future. And if you if I go around Riga, then there's lots of really nice, like amazing new buildings and all of that kind of stuff. But they're really, really in touch with their culture, really close to yeah. their traditions, which so is really nice to see. So that's a big do if you go to, to Latvia, just try and immerse yourself into the culture and traditions, and people will like see that you you're trying and that you want to be there, and like. People will just be so lovely to you. <laughs> yeah, what were those? Just the last thing on this. What were those villages called where you make the bread with the women? Or? Yeah, so if you go outside of Riga and to this region called Kurzeme, you can bake bread with these women who sing in this uh, special singing voice. They're called Suitusievas, and they bake bread with you. They're dressed in the traditional costumes. They're just like that's what they do every day. They're just there for the tourists and like for the people who want it. We want to come and listen to them sing and bake bread and go pick uh, forest strawberries and forest blueberries and uh, go um, mushroom picking with them and just do all these traditional Latvian things. That's so nice. It makes me very happy to hear that because especially uh, smaller countries like Latvia is only 1.92, as we said, million. They tend to uh, get more modern, modernized. They tend to lose a lot of their cultures because they want to get uh, customized to the new ways and uh, get liked by <laughs> by their neighbors. And they yeah. lose a lot of their cultures along the way. And a lot of young people, not just in the smaller countries, but all around the world, I feel like they, they have lost touch with their roots and their cultures. So listening to this, this makes me very, very happy. And it surprises me a lot because I, I haven't, I haven't seen it enough in my mm -hmm. traveling and as you said i consider myself well traveled as well and <laughs> and i would love to go to latvia and experience all this i mean i think by the end of this episode i'm going to be booking a ticket, <laughs> a ticket to riga also the cheapest flights to yeah. riga ever by the way like it's really cheap i'll show flight. you around latvia <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect and then uh we talked about arriving in riga uh local commuting uh, since you have been born in Riga, born and raised and living there, what would you recommend to visitors? Like, where should one stay when visiting Riga? In which area of the town? Yeah, um, I would say stick to central Riga because as soon as you step out of central Riga, you will see, um, as I said, old Soviet block buildings. Um, it's, it's great to just like have a look around but no one really wants to stay in them because they're ugly and um so yeah i would say just stay in central riga um and b&b's aren't that expensive at all um so yeah i just say b&b's uh, are the best option obviously you can stay in the hotels and stuff there are a few hostels as well um but the Airbnbs are like quite cheap, so you wouldn't really have a big reason to stay in a hostel. I mean, if you have like, you know, you want to save your money as much as you can. But um, B&Bs over hotels, definitely. Yeah, Riga itself is actually kind of big. But the center of Riga, the bit where all the stuff is, is really like quite small and Compact. condensed. But like Riga itself has 600,000 people. And in a country where there's just under 2 million, like a city with 600,000 is pretty big. But like the outskirts are just apartment blocks after apartment blocks after apartment blocks i would say stay out of maskachka which is like um we call maskachka because the whole street is called uh moscow street um and it's like um it's just really it's just really old buildings and the neighborhood isn't really that nice um not the so, finest yeah. part of riga not the not finest the nicest part, part of riga. riga and you can like it, 
like you can afford a really nice place in the center of Riga. Like it's not it's not gonna Riga is perfect for budget travel. It's not gonna like stop you from you're not gonna have to go out far out the center to find a very affordable place. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about Riga then. Uh, we can start from the old town. I believe they call it an old town, which is uh, named a UNESCO World Heritage Site, as far as I understood. Yeah, I didn't know that. And it has been very carefully and perfectly restored and preserved. And I think all of the tourists would want to go here first. Yeah, that is uh, the tourist hub. If you're a tourist, you're definitely going to end up in old Riga. But I would say don't like go into the shops of old Riga, but don't really eat in old Riga because it is more expensive and it's not like super worth it so just go to Lido that's what that's what I would say but yeah old Riga is is it's really amazing you can see the Swedish gate which was built when uh, Sweden was around um you when, can see when another country came and another country the region of Latvia <laughs> um then you can see the Riga castle which is where the president lives um then you can also see the three brothers which is like those three old really historical buildings you can see the uh, house of blackheads um which was restored um after latvia gained its gained its independence from soviet union um because it was bombarded in world war Two. so yeah they went and restored it that's a really cool like um old germanic building yeah like, that's a really cool thing to see for that kind of like like what we were talking about earlier, like how there's the Soviet contrast if you go to certain parts of it, and then there's the really German part of it as well. And that's, yeah. That's a good building to kind of exemplify that. Yeah, and there's, uh, if you want to catch one of the best views of Riga, you should go to St. Peter's Church, Peter Baznica, uh, and you can go to the top and, yeah, just a really good viewpoint of Riga. Um, but if you just walk around the old town, um, it's just a really nice feel because they have the original bricks as pavement so they don't have pavement they just have the original bricks from ages and ages and ages ago um and there's just lots of cool buildings to see in old riga very well preserved as i said and but besides that i feel like uh, from what i've seen on the videos and the photos even though the old town is has this old uh historical buildings uh, there is a lot of a lot of the town has a very modern vibe as well there's a mm -hmm. lot of uh, restaurants. Uh, I've read that there is a free city Wi-Fi, so that might be useful for yeah. some tourists. <laughs> and with uh, a VPN on, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then another thing that caught my my attention was that there is a lot of greenery and a lot of parks and flowers. Like uh, everything I saw was parks and flowers everywhere. Is it like that? Yeah, yeah. It actually is because it's not like a. It's not like buildings are like next to each other and it's like really spacious and you can actually breathe, you know. Um, and as Matty said before, we're really in touch with nature. So like we love just heading out uh, to a forest or to the beach and we just want some greenery around us. So there are several parks in Riga. Um, the most popular probably is Varmandars. Uh, um, and then the one with uh, National Oak, uh, Opera House and Bastekant. I heard that they also call the Opera House uh, the White House. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we have, yeah. It has a similar view of the, the White House. Yeah. The Opera House is actually, is actually very, very cool. If you're into kind of opera and 
ballet and that kind of stuff, then Riga's a great place to go see that because they charge only five euros a ticket for you to go see a whole opera. That's very reasonable, ballet, if is, I may say cheap. That's incredibly, incredibly cheap. Like in the UK, the cheapest ticket I've ever seen for an opera is like £25, which is about... Obviously, that's not like every euros. single ticket, but, you know, that's a cheap one. Yeah, you can just walk up. And the other thing about it is like, Opera is considered quite a snooty thing. Like everybody goes in there, like finery. But in Riga, you just like obviously don't turn up in like a football shirt trackies. and like trackies. But <laughs> like uh, if you want to turn up in like just whatever clothes you were wearing that day, then they're totally fine with that. A lot of students go. Like I saw a lot of people kind of drinking like before going, and then they go watch yeah, the opera said, and then they continue their night out. It's, it's a very very, very interesting. Out place. <laughs> Well, very, very as tall. you mentioned, they love singing, so it's understandable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, and then there's also things like the Festival of Light, which is something that yeah. everybody should. Uh, another thing that people should go see it. The city's just basically and night people yeah, just massive light installation. Yeah, basically. people just make artwork out of light, and it's a very impressive thing uh, to go see. It's a very cool. Thing. Wow, where where is that? Where is it located? It's so all over it's Riga. All across Riga. So. Uh, my favorite thing that I saw was in one of the in one of the parks. I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of it, so. but uh, there was just this guy playing at a piano and the and like a stage playing the piano until five in the morning, like just playing music there while his everything was lit up and it was very very cool, very crazy. Just watching a guy playing the piano that was lighting up at five a.m. in the morning it was very strange. Yeah, and we have this event as well called White Nights where you can go to all the museums for free, uh, which is also very good if you're more into that kind of stuff as well. Does it happen like uh, a few times or is it annually? It's it's an annual thing, yeah. So people should get informed. Yeah, people, it's people in, need um, to check it's, it. I think it's in August. Yeah, most of it's all in the summer, isn't it? Like yeah. most of the festivals. And, well, yeah. obviously, that's the same everywhere. Like most of the festivals <laughs> are in the summer. Uh, any anywhere else people should visit while they're in Riga? Any other uh, landmarks that you would mention, or this is pretty much it? Just walk around the center, and you would get to see everything. Yeah, it's very much that kind of feel. But when we were talking about uh, viewpoints, you actually have to pay to go to the top of um, to go to the top of that church. But there's a li- the library we were talking about before the the mountain of light mm-hmm. is um, just across the river. If you go to the top of that, it's kind of got a viewing deck. That's like mm-hmm. that's for free, and that's actually a great uh, view of uh, Riga as well. Um, so that li- and it's just a really cool library, actually. I know it's strange, like saying to people, if you're a tourist, go see the library, but it's actually no. A very European nice European old European cities have amazing libraries that you yeah. would just like not want to consider libraries, but like architectural and art pieces. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really it's stunning. Beautiful just to look at it, not touch anything. <laughs> yeah, and it's on the side of the river that you wouldn't necessarily like go over and go see as well. So like that that's a uh, that's a very cool thing to go see. That I, yeah, I think in Fariga uh, it's just about the experiences, so maybe less like about the things you see, maybe more about the things you do. So like if you go to the central market, you know, like get some some pickles like that's such a Latvian thing you know you just have to taste it or like cabbage juice like people like grannies 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 and <laughs> grannies in the central market will just be like just just have the juice just don't pay just because i was like buying it for him and i was like oh well there's your like i don't know 
50 cents. And she's like, no, no, he's, he's a tourist. He needs to try this. Just give it, give it to him for That's free. So I, don't nice. want, I don't want no charge. Yeah. And, uh, I um, wish they did charge you for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's central market as well. And then there's a lot of uh, a lot of people provide tours of. If you're not lucky enough to have your own personal tour guide, uh, there's a great tour. It's called something like the Underground Riga or something like that, and it sh- takes you to like it takes you out of the old town basically to the coolest things that you can see to show you like a different side of Riga. So if you're not going for just the classic European holiday, if you want to go see the other kind of stuff. So that market's on there. Um, it takes you to some really cool uh, Soviet buildings that are really interesting to see. And you can still see those kind of, uh, you can still see the hammer and, sickle mark, uh, hammer, hammer and sickle marks on some of the buildings. On and the Academy of Science. The Academy, yeah, yeah, the Academy of Science. It takes you to those kind of things. So if you want to see that different kind of side to Riga, it's very easy to find that kind of stuff as well. That tour only runs in the summer, though. So again, summer's the best time to go. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect tip. Actually, actually, that's very useful. I think a lot of people who would want to do it would check that out. It's free as well, by the way. It's like a Sunday man. Uh, you pay what you think it's worth, and and they're just happy with what any whatever money you can give them because they just do it because they want to show off that side of Riga as yeah. well. And then Latvia isn't just Riga. There are lots of other like stunning places you can go see. So as we mentioned, kind of. Sigulda, which has a beautiful castle again and has a bobsleigh track. And, uh, yeah, you can go down on a bobsleigh in Sigulda. I've never done that. If you want to hire a bobsleigh, you can go do that. <laughs> so that's a very cool place to go see. You're probably better to talk about the rest of it than I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Riga is the place where people mostly would want to go, but there's like in Liepaja, in, uh, there's this place called Karawasta, which is these old bunkers, basically. And the, the shore has like the shore has been coming um, closer and closer, and then the bunkers kind of like fell into the sea. So like the bunkers are halfway in the sea, and it's like really cool to walk through them. And if you want, you can stay in like um, uh, a prison as well. That's another. I was just going to ask you: Is that where this <laughs> oh, no. military prison is located? Yes. Because I heard about that. <laughs> The, uh, and you get actually treated as a prisoner as well. <laughs> yeah, you get prison. you get locked up in a cell for the night, right? And you yep. pay for it. <laughs> that's the best. And you pay for it. Genius. <laughs> well, that's for for the adventurous one. <laughs> I'm brave of that. Yeah, but it's it's it is a really cool place. It's called City of the Wind, Lepaya. And whilst you're on that side of the country, you can go to Mazirbe, which and you can you can um, visit this. A boat graveyard and it's basically a protest fishermen did in 50s and 60s because uh, the Soviet government didn't allow them to fish just for them so because everything was uh, like um, collectivized, collectivized yeah um, and in response to that they just dragged their boats uh, off to the shore and let them like basically die right. so it's like yeah it's like a forest full of old wooden boats which I think is really cool as well and then whilst you go to Leopaya, you can stop in Sabila. Um, Sabila wine is really, really good. And it's it, it's a bit of a strange place because, like, there's, like, this random backyard full of dolls. Like, the, like these dolls oh, are just sat. You told me sat. about this. Yeah, these, doll are, these dolls are just sat in the backyard. And there's, like, ten families of these dolls. And you just drive by and it's like, what the hell is that? This is just one house, right? Uh yeah, 
and and it is a strange place. So like Latvia is full of little things like that. You just wouldn't wouldn't expect that they're there. And they're <laughs> they're great. <laughs> Uh, I mentioned in the beginning that Latvia is a country that is full of medieval and not just medieval, like any kind of castles. And mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. And it's it's a very difficult language, so I couldn't remember all <laughs> the names. I have written some some down. But would you mention any castles, any that you have been, or maybe you found like their, your favorite ones? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I can't do this. this is... Not in the history. <laughs> <laughs> it, not into Latvian, I think, is the issue with that. I can't. I'm really struggling with learning the language, much to yeah. Cynthia's dad's disapproval. But <laughs> so, um, in Sigulda, there's this um, Turai, this castle, which is really, it's pretty massive. Um, then another one is um, Rundals Pils, which is actually called the Little Versailles. I read about that as well. It looks exactly, <laughs> I saw it on the pictures, exactly like the Versailles Palace from the outside. Yeah, it's pretty like grand. And um, the Rose Garden is where uh, they hold the annual Rose Garden celebration as well. And there's like lots of families going to just see the, the blooming roses and have a picnic. And uh, you get like ghost stories if you go on tour uh, through the castle and I think it's really cool so that is like beautifully restored um I think there's more ruins in Latvia so like you drive around you drive through like cities and towns and you can just see lots of ruins um Tesis is a really cool medieval castle as well and yeah as I said uh, Riga castle as well where the president lives can miss it um yeah it's just it's there's there's lots of cool places like that and they're usually not touristy at all so like um once me and my family we just we, we were just like oh you know what there's there's like uh, this um castle on our way to see my dad's uh my dad's brother we should stop by and we were like the only ones there which was pretty cool because we got the the whole castle. It's like the opposite to every other European castle out there where it's just <laughs> loads of people all over the shop. Yep. That's why I said hidden gem. I think that's the perfect definition. I think, I think that's it. I think Latvia has to have the I'm okay with Latvia that. Latvia has to have the tourist slogan hidden gem in it. It's like Lithuania has the G spot of Europe. <laughs> Latvia has to be the hidden that's gem. It, that's you a know? Good one. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> oh my goodness. And then um there is this I did not expect Latvia to be to be into health tourism, but I read that there is this town, correct me if I mistake the, the name, uh Yurumla. Yurumla. Yeah. Yes. So it's like a popular um health resort that there's a lot of luxury villas uh, or mm-hmm. nice villas and a lot of resorts and people go there. It's also by the beach, right? Yeah, it's by, literally the translation of Yurmal as seashore. So oh, yeah, that's by the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Yurmal is really close to um actually Riga is really close to um the like Gulf of Riga and to the Baltic Sea and to the shore. Um, so Yurmal is really close to Riga, and that's where basically all the rich people live. So people who can really afford luxury, and um, there's beautiful beautiful wooden houses also restored from like the 1910s and 1920s um um yeah it's 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 a really really massive resort uh where people go there's like luxury spas um hotels and if you're into that kind of stuff then you is definitely the place to go 
and even the architecture, like you mentioned, the nice uh, buildings that are restored. Uh, I read that a lot of the nobility from that, like the 19th and the 18th century, they frequented this area, and that's why they yeah. built this uh, very, uh, maybe we can call them like Baroque or Rococo style um, yeah. villas or buildings, or not castles, not that big. Uh, <laughs> but if you're into that kind of architecture, I think it's very nice to, to see. And uh, any other places that you would want to recommend us? I'm already saying us because I'm planning to go. <laughs> You've convinced me that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's definitely a few more places I like to mention. And uh, if you're kind of more into like interested in the history of Latvia, if you think if you're really uh, interested in like what was it like to you know um, maybe be in the Soviet times or how what what was it like? You can go to uh, Skrunda, which is this like abandoned ghost town, basically. Uh, and the Soviet army they used to keep their radars in Skrunda. Uh, so if you go, you can and like inside the buildings, these um, like apartment style block buildings. Um, there's lots of graffiti's and like graffiti's of Lenin, and it's just like really really strange place because it's like abandoned and no one goes there, but. If you're interested in that, you can go. There's also like uh, the corner house, which is where um, KGB took um, uh, Latvians to uh, to just chat about why they're not big fans of the system. To chat about why they're not <laughs> yeah. big fans of the system. I know, I put in the best way possible. Imagine there was more of that going on. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and you can tour this corner house. Um, it's it's in Riga. It's like the really central Riga, and um, uh, yeah, you, as I said, you can go to Karaust and Leopaya and experience the prison experience. Um, so I mean, there's definitely loads of little things you can find. It's just like area. so many different places all rolled into one. Like it's so many kind of different tourist experiences all in because it's so small, but all the like it's got such a diverse history that you kind of get like a big ball of lots of different society and lots of different cultures all in one little spot and it's like if you just road trip through Latvia you would get a really clear picture of like the history of it really like really easily and it's yeah. like a really cool thing to see and if you're into that if you're into that kind of stuff then Latvia is definitely a place that you've got to go and uh, the Soviet Union stuff is incredibly, incredibly interesting and kind of really tough to see as well, which is um, something that's really important. And like uh, the people of Latvia, like they were only freed in, they only, it was only freed in 1991. So like there's lots of people there that have the stories of the Soviet Union and all of that kind of stuff. So if you really want to go see that, then you can you can see that there but it's it's also much much more than that yeah as well i was just i was just thinking like if people have different if people want different things you know some people yeah. don't want to go for like three days and just go up to to the best restaurants really or something like that yeah, so exactly. i think it's, it's so like, perfect for yeah every single type of holiday you could ever want you can have it in you can have it in latvia which uh, apart from if you want to like lie by the pool and like yeah like it's, not like, it's not it's, it's not, not like super that. luxury amazing yeah. great like shiny sparkly and all of that Probably yeah but <laughs> apart from that it's every single holiday you could ever possibly want 
And you mentioned before that it's very easy to rent a car. From what I've heard from you guys, I think it would be perfect, the perfect way to experience Latvia. Just rent a car. And then we are talking about all of these abandoned castles. I think you would just stumble upon castles while you're driving and then get to experience all of the different cities and experience the culture on a deeper level than you would if you just visited Riga for a weekend trip, as we mentioned before. Yeah, it's 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 why it's such a good place to kind of hesitate in like giving too many tips because it's one of those places where you really want to go and see stuff yourself because mm-hmm. not like at school we don't learn about Latvia like we not like I know about Italy For, before I went to Italy I knew about Italy but I didn't know a lot about Latvia obviously I didn't know everything about Italy but I I didn't really know anything about Latvia so it's really important to go uh, find it yourself. And yeah. but one tip is to go to Lima. I c I couldn't not talk about Latvia <laughs> without talking about Lima. And Lima is a chocolate company in Latvia. It was established in like eighteen seventy three or something like that. And it's a really old uh chocolate company and they just do it's really different it's like kind of like botanical chocolate and it's not like it's not like lint. It's not like it's not like Swiss. It's not like Belgian Swiss chocolate. or Belgian chocolate. It's like it's, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very interesting idea for people. They usually people go to like chocolate factories when they go, as you mentioned, like lint. Or when they go to Switzerland, it's a very common thing that you would go, yeah. but not to Latvia. So that's very really interesting. Really proud of Lima here. Yeah, and have a few shots of black balsam as well, oh, yeah, which is blackcurrant balsams. Yeah, but balsams that. is a like a, a botanical again, like it's a botanical, very like medicine y but from natural herbs kind drink. of alcoholic, alcoholic drink. drink that you take shots of and it's like it's like a syrup. It's made out of tree sap and it's it tastes completely different to anything any other spirit you'll have, it tastes completely different, but it's very, very nice once you get used to it. Uh once you get used to it, the first shot is absolutely mental. But like, the, once you get used to it, it's very, very nice. And people think of that region; they think of like vodka, which obviously Latvians do drink. They drink, they drink a lot of vodka. But like, also there's black balsam, which is something you guys should definitely try. We're gonna talk about drinks and food in a little bit. But first, before we conclude the itinerary part of this episode, I wanted to mention this. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. If you've been there. But I read about this open air museum of folk culture, not too far off, I think, from Riga, where uh, houses or dwellings from with all of their furniture from each of the of Latvia's regions were rebuilt or uh, re- reassembled here. And uh, I read that it's one of the perfect places that you would want to go if you want to experience the raw Latvian culture and how people lived in different areas of the country without actually going there. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think maybe that place is a little bit overhyped because it's just literally all just wooden shed buildings because it's like what people lived, how people lived hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But I do recommend going when the um, so on Fourth of June every year, um, there's this like farmers market. And you can see people dressed up in like traditional outfits. You can hear people playing traditional music instruments like kuakla. Um, then you can just experience the whole thing. The food, 
the because people like make things it's just like handmade things they make so like jewelry or um something knitted like hats boot, leather boots anything like that people make by their hands and um anything like that you can go and buy and it's like such a huge event and it's really really beautiful so i do recommend going to that as well it sounds very nice and see you always need the locals perspective because yeah. <laughs> what the vlogs tell you and what you see on the videos it's not always the right thing <laughs> that's exactly. why we have cynthia here <laughs> and then if you guys don't have any any other places or landmarks or cities that we would uh, men- like to mention to our audience we can continue to the importance yep. of the food and the drink <laughs> let's go back to that i'm, I'm happy with that, <laughs> yeah, I'm with that. Uh, let's talk about food and drinks that one should and must try when they're in latvia to experience like the traditional dishes and drinks and then maybe if you have any uh, restaurants that you would want to recommend uh, or something like that. Zay and I talked about Lima for a bit. Yeah, so I kind of jumped the gun on <laughs> that and totally just forgot <laughs> the thing of questioning. But uh, yeah, yeah, Lima is great, great place to go get some chocolate. It's like pick and mix chocolates, just fill a bag full of them, uh, drink black balsams, absolutely incredible. And then strong wheat beer as well. Kind of, It's kind of like very German kind of beer in that. Mm-hmm. in that kind of sense is really really something that you should try there they have their own and there's like a cherry like a cherry beer there's lots of like there's honey beer cherry yeah. beer we just like to i've tried cherry but i've never heard of honey they just like yeah. to throw like that's like called it's called like me <laughs> it's called mead in the uk like honey beer but it's very different to mead because it's got like a much more beery taste than the sweet taste and then like they just seem to just throw fruit into some alcohol and then see how it <laughs> turns out uh the ciders are great as well oh, all of that cider. kind of stuff that i'm re- really in my comfort zone talking about alcohol, really. <laughs> um, yeah but uh it's a, it's that kind of place where if if you like like fresh stuff if you like stuff that's kind of fruity then that's a great thing to get in latvia in terms of food if you like dill, you'll like Latvian food. That's basically you have to that's dill that's to basically it. If you Is like it pickles, that they put in everything, everything, absolutely everything. If you, you like, have to ta- have to try dill crisps. Dill crisps, dill crisps yeah. Crisps, if you like, if you like, write pickles, it down, people. <laughs> if you like stuff that's pickled, and if you like dill, then you're good in like uh, Latvia. It's all very fresh food, which can either be served fresh or it can be served pickled because they've had to like they've had to preserve it so it was fresh for the winter it. Yeah, yeah for the winter exactly. yeah basically and it's great it's if you very like calorific kind of though it's like really really heavy but in the summer we eat uh, quite light so we go and pick for strawberries and then we just put some milk in a bowl and that's like a really nice snack you pick like forest mushrooms and mushrooms, it's like, yeah. like they go to the forest and they just pick vegetables and fruit and it's very much like that kind of place. Like, Maybe not vegetable. Oh, like a mushroom's not a vegetable, is it? Never mind. Okay, sorry. <laughs> mushroom's not a vegetable anyway. Um, you mentioned cabbage juice as well. I've, I've, yeah. I like that. So I wanted to read it again <laughs> yeah. for people to try it. Yeah, you, like, you should try it. I'm guessing cabbage plays a big role in the dishes as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does, definitely. Yeah. If you go to the market, like basically, if you go to that massive market that we were talking about, which is the largest indoor market in europe which i was very impressed to find out like it's 
it's full of just fresh Latvian food. It's uh, loads of pastries, loads of bread, and then like and then just there. You walk into so it's like four separate hangers, and then each hanger has its own thing. So like you and then you just walk into one one hanger and you see a hit with the overwhelming smell of pickle and like that and then there's fish in one as well and you get like and then there's just all the women offering you cabbage juice which i found <laughs> very strange but you know but it's is it cooked or is it raw like when you go to the market is it all raw food like raw fish yeah. or something or yeah. can you go there to eat and you can go there to yeah. eat so in one of the in one of the hangers as well there's also like a, a like a camden market style like a, that kind of thing where it's different foods from all around the world and that's a really great place to go to try some different foods uh, as well. And I was really impressed with like just Latvian cuisine in general, like the well-roundedness of it all is, is very, very impressive. And there's some great restaurants in Riga uh, all across Latvia. And one of them is called Lido, which we've mentioned, mentioned which is, which is uh, kind of, uh, it's kind of like a chain, like it's a chain of restaurant, like across the Baltics. And it looks really gimmicky. So, so like, it looks like it's trying to play up to, like, Latvian traditional stuff. So the first time I went, I was like, oh, this looks so gimmicky. Like, what, what, like, what am I doing in here? Yeah, like, we're not going to go in there. That's clearly just a gimmick. Why would we go in there? And then I went with Cynthia, and she was like, oh, we have to try Lido. It's the best place ever. And it turns out it is the best place ever because it's basically just, some like... Some blogs don't lie. Yeah, some blogs don't lie. And it's just, a, it's just like, a buffet kind of thing like of just latvian food and it's, it's yeah you're great. going you're like i want that i want that i want that and so, you just get on a tray so if you want to try like latvian food like go to lido and just walk down with a tray and just say this 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 and that that's why you should always listen to locals and we're going to listen to cynthia yeah. now we're going to turn over to her and ask her like if we go there what should we pick like tell us the names of some traditional dishes that one mm-hmm. must try when there so um we have this soup we call it like cold soup or pink soup because it's pink um and we eat it lots in the summer and it's basically just lots of fresh vegetables like cucumber and uh radish as well and what makes it pink is the beetroot it's like pickled beetroot and um we, we add egg and dill and spring onions and we just scram the pink soup it's so good and um we obviously eat lots of uh, rye bread as well and we say the blacker the bread, the better. So if it's if it's black, then it's good. Garlic rye bread is an, a wonderful creation, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Like it's a pub snack in like Latvian pubs. Like you can go in and like sit at the bar and eat garlic rye bread while drinking your beer in it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then if you want something stronger than like a light uh, veggie soup, then you should try grey peas with a bit of. Um, called spetis, which is this like really, really calorific meat, um, which is chopped in like little little slices, and we put all the over the grey peas. So so good. And then Riga is also great for international cuisine. Like one of the best restaurants to go to is Tokyo City. Yeah, and, yeah. and we also do great kebabs because um, there's lots of kebab places, and like Osmania kebabs, it's one of the best places to go in Riga, especially if you've had. A rough night out the day before. So if you want to kind of like they do an recover, absolute recovery you need a kebab. You need oily food. <laughs> oh, yeah. is that, is a, that is a great recovery kebab. What's it yeah. called again? 
uh, Ausmanni kebabs. Ausmanni. Yeah, and then there's that there's that pizza restaurant as well. Lulu. Lulu, which Lulu. is which is like a a good chain, and then there's the Hedgehog. Uh, uh Migla. That's a very very popular place. They do like burgers and pasta. They don't do lat like Latvian food, but they kind of have their own twist on it, and it's still like very very nice. Um, then Marquinis or Cloud is another place, and obviously you know, drinks as well. Um, then oh, another thing you should you should try, which is more of like a sort of sweet thing you should try, is um, uh, Sierinchkarums, which is kind of like this this how do you describe it? like a cheesecake, like you're eating oh, a whole cheesecake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Covered in chocolate. That stuff is awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cheesecake is my favorite dessert, but covered in chocolate? That's, <laughs> that's like a, a little whole other level. It's like this a is enough to get me a ticket yeah. to Latvia. <laughs> it's like a bar that's like no more than five centimeters big of just a mini cheesecake covered in chocolate and you just pop it in your mouth and it's like, what the hell is this? Sounds like a perfect combination. <laughs> <laughs> and we have them in lots of different flavors. You get the chocolate one, the nut one, the tangerine one, the strawberry one, and there's loads and loads of them and it's the best thing on the planet. Um, and yeah, I also try. <laughs> you should definitely go and um, try like uh, pastries because we do really, really good pastries and cakes anywhere you go, especially Martin Bettere. Uh, Martin's Bakery is you will also see like all over Riga. Uh, it's like this big orange letters, Martin Bettere, and um, anything you get from that place is just gonna change your life. Yeah, it's actually it's actually really good. Um, like Latvia has managed to hold on to like its own kind of businesses. So like a lot of places in that kind of region have businesses from all over the world, but it's kind of like they haven't realized that Riga's there yet. So like everything's very latvian based business like their businesses from latvia yeah, and it's for the latvian people a lot of the Riga. times it's not chains at all it's just like independent little yeah, places which is great Perfect. yeah and like uh fazenda is one of them which is like this really really great place for cakes and coffee <laughs> <laughs> so like little places like that you'll find them everywhere and then um, the thing is like we don't have places like starbucks um like those massive massive chains so we don't really like we don't know what it's like to just go to like this one place all the time yeah it's like one mcdonald's among six hundred thousand people like that's crazy but like there's it's yeah. mad to think in like a capital city a european country capital city six hundred thousand people there's only one mackies that's well there's crazy. like three four oh, mackies across riga like yeah there's like yeah and that's why we could explore new places because we don't have like those massive chains yeah we just kind of like see what's out there and go for it it's usually really nice yeah. We covered entrees, we covered desserts, we covered restaurants, uh, bars. Would you recommend any bars to go to Riga? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should turn to Maddie. <laughs> uh, so the Aussie bar? The Aussie pub? The Aussie pub. It's like a hostel. So it's yeah, like an Aussie bar, upstairs. but there's a hostel upstairs. So like you go in and it's all people who are like, uh, people who are like from the hostel, like out for a good night out kind of thing. So that's. That's a nice place to go. Like the drinks are really cheap, and then there's the underground. Uh, Ala. Yeah. The, there's like the under. There's like an underground one, which is like an old-fashioned kind of pub feel in like a cellar where they do like nice bar snacks, like nice beers, and kind of like it's like walking into a speakeasy because you go in and like you go straight underground, and then once you get in, it's like beers and like rye garlic bread and that kind of stuff, and 
it's like towards the top of TripAdvisor. In Riga, you can actually pay attention to TripAdvisor, which I've not kind of come across before. Like in many cities, like TripAdvisor will take you to, I think you spoke about it in the Barcelona one where Um, restaurants kind of say go to this place. Like mm -hmm. they put in loads of fake ones and really like they're the most garbage places to go. But in Riga, that doesn't really happen. Like the top of TripAdvisor is usually a good place to go. Yeah, if you go into the center of Old Riga, the bars are very similar and they're all really, really good. And then the two that we've mentioned, the Aussie pub and Allah, Allah are the uh, places where the must-go pub. Is it Allah pub something? Pug-ups. Yeah, that, That's the one, right? I wanted yeah. to yeah. ask yeah. you about that because I heard that the perfect place to experience Latvian culture from young people is if you go to these kind of folk clubs. They call it folk clubs. Is it a bar mm-hmm. or a folk club? And they would just... Uh, sit down and relax and chill and chat and then at one point people would just get up and then start putting the tables aside and then start dancing to these folk songs and singing folk songs and you can see the culture through like in mixed with everyday life not just if you go to a festival and then see the people which are dressed in traditional clothing and singing traditional songs but this is like actually young people who are enjoying and celebrating their culture is is that right or is it another blog i think it's more i think it's more older people who do that and when we're like really really drunk <laughs> because then we're just like well everything is everything's acceptable now <laughs> so we I just go like it. i've i've seen it in riga in that like it's like a very beer hall kind of vibe and somebody just gets up and is playing like folk music which i thought was very cool like i watched i was like this is a really cool experience like i'm sat drinking sat sat drinking in a beer hall with folk music going on from latvia i was like this is a pretty cool experience yeah for a tourist that would be like the perfect experience it's a great thing for a tourist great thing for a tourist yeah yeah. and if you want like an hour you go to themes means which is like uh which is like where you just go to dance basically and um also paldes latinium which means Thank you, Lutz, which is our old currency before Euro. Um, and then you have these like quarters, these artisan indie quarters like Tallinn Asiela, Talent Street Quarter or Beth Quarter, um, Colin Quarter, where you just go and sit on crates, you just drink some cocktails, tra- chat to your friends, get some craft beers, uh, listen to really nice music. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, really cool. I really like it. Like, it's a capital city, but it's just really not that big at all. It sounds perfect for short trips and then backpackers, as you mentioned, or budget travelers, or Mm -hmm. if you just want to experience a unique and interesting culture and tradition in in Europe, which hasn't been as known as the other, because you've heard all about Italy, you've heard all about Spain and France and Germany, but this is something I think not a lot of people are aware of and they would be glad to go there and experience. If you want like a first backpacking experience before spending loads of money and going on like a big like interrailing kind of vibe thing through uh, through all of Europe or before going all the way to Southeast Asia to go through like Vietnam, Thailand, well, it's a great place to test out your backpacking skills because it's just different enough that you will be tested. But you're never going to be in any trouble, really, because if you speak to anybody under the age of 40, they speak English. It's very cheap. So if you go there and you don't enjoy it, you've not wasted a ton of money. And and things are different enough that you feel like you're exploring around. If you do like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, like you feel like you're exploring around because everything's different enough. Yeah. 
And the thing is, uh, if you travel to the Baltics, you have to travel like a bus because uh, yeah. because um, we don't have any train connections to the rest of Europe. This is we such have a train, cool story. train connections uh, to Russia because of the Soviet Union, but we don't mm. have any um, existing uh, train connections to the rest of Europe. So if you do want to travel through the Baltics, you should do it by bus. And the bus uh, tickets are really cheap, so don't worry about that at all. There's no connections between any of the Baltic states no. either because they the Soviets like changed the dimensions of the rail tracks so that you couldn't get a train as quickly through the Baltics to get yeah. into Russia if you wanted to. So like so like now they're now they're changing the gauges of the rail tracks to meet the European standards. Yeah. So maybe rail Baltic. So maybe if you go in like five years you'll be able to get a train all the way through the Baltics. But yeah, who knows? But like you have to get a bus now and like that's another challenging thing. So another experience. Yeah, if you want to go for like a quick like if you want to go for like three week holiday if you really want to try and get really into it and a test of kind of your skills of backpacking before going on a massive long trek, then Baltics is actually a really good place to do. I've never thought about that before. That's a really good. Uh, yeah, that's a blog idea for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've actually like I was just thinking right now, are we missing something? Because I feel like we're missing something. <laughs> and I remember you've actually overwhelmed me with so much positivity and so many nice things about Latvia that I never even thought about this section that we have for each of the destinations that we do, which is the scams. <laughs> is there anything one should be aware of or one should know when going to Latvia or Riga? Is there any scams that are often or target tourists or something like that? Or is it just as perfect as you guys have said? <laughs> it really does sound like we're making making this these things up. and like, oh, it's so great. You should go. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But actually, the only thing I could think of is like when you if you want to take a taxi from the airport to the city center, they're probably going to charge you more because you're a tourist. Well, like everywhere does. Yeah, that, but they're right? gonna they're gonna do it as like because they're gonna make it even more expensive. Like that's their tariff. Yeah, you just money. need to get like you need to have a price before you get into the taxi. Like that yeah, maybe there is some official taxi companies or lines that you can that would not cheat on you. Yeah, well, there's yeah, the bus yeah. stop. Just there's like the bus yeah. stop just down the road. So if like <laughs> if like you know like if you like when I first went, I uh, when I first went, we got the taxi. But then when I went with Cynthia, she was like, "Well, let's go we get went the bus." On a mini so, bus, actually. Yeah, that's really that's that's really that's a really strange thing, actually. So that so when you say bus, you think like massive bus, like thirty, forty people on. But like in Latvia, they have those massive buses. They have bendy buses as well. But then there's also little ones which only put like seven or eight people in, and like you go zipper out on the bus. They are strange. Which is very but strange. Quick. <laughs> I, I I think there's not really any scams in uh in Riga that I can think of because it's not touristy enough to have that kind mm -hmm. of like yeah it's, thing people yet. People don't. People haven't really. They just. Like in old Riga, they just overpriced things. Yeah, but, like, that's, but that's the thing. Yeah, that's the same. Like everywhere, you can't really. As you said, just walk around one kilometer from the uh, old. Yeah, Riga. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And um, it's not. It's obviously it's not as perfect as we're making it sound. Like Latvia has a lot of its own societal problems in yeah. in terms of like living there, and uh, that's why it's like it's cheaper. The like minimum wage isn't particularly high. Yeah. Like there's a there's a divide between the Latvian and the Russian community there. Like 20% of the population is Russian and they don't integrate particularly well with the Latvian side of the population. And you get like, there's, there's those kind of 
societal problems, yeah. but obviously it's a country that that's only born in like nineteen seventeen, but nineteen ninety one is when it really became like it like it's all new growing country kind of problems. Yeah. And as a tourist destination, it's not the most it's not gonna be the most exciting. They don't there's not like No, don't compare it to like Bali. Yeah, or it's a, Paris we're not we're not like yeah, that. we're not trying to say it's not gonna be the most memorable holiday of your entire life. Like it's not comparable to Barcelona where there's loads of tourist stuff, there's loads for you to go see, but if you're looking for just a quick getaway, I can't think of like a better spot. It's just particular you. things you would do in Latvia but wouldn't do anywhere else. So like you can go uh you can take a subboard and then like just row through a swamp, which is something Latvians love to do. Like uh so like waiting for the sun to rise in a swamp on a subboard basically. So like you wouldn't probably go to to many other places to do that, I don't think. So it's just like little things like that you can definitely do and that be it, but maybe struggle to do it somewhere else. Yeah, so 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 from like a travel perspective it's incredibly positive. But from like a societal perspective it can be like we spoke about the problems with alcoholism a bit earlier yeah. on and like there are there are issues that face Latvia. Like it's not a perfect country otherwise everybody would be traveling there. Everybody will be living there. It will be really expensive, Everybody and we would wouldn't be happier. Having, and we wouldn't be having this kind of we wouldn't be having this kind of conversation. But it's as a travel destination, it's it's grade eight. Like mm-hmm. it's the perfect spot for a beginner traveler and like a, like a student traveler. So if you're listening to this and you're in university and you're thinking I have absolutely zero money, but I'm stressed out with studying, where can I go just to take a break? Then Latvia is a perfect place to go because the the flights are really cheap. The food's really cheap, drinks really cheap, like it's it's a great place to be. Like Yeah, and if you make that. if you just if you try and make like one, two Latvian friends, like whilst you're there, they're gonna they're just gonna show you around. They're never gonna say no. That sounds so perfect. I think we've convinced <laughs> a lot of people to visit Latvia with this episode. Uh, me being one of them. We'll have to send this podcast to the uh, Visit Latvia board, <laughs> the tourism board for Riga. You know? We'll see about that. We're not that big yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully one day. <laughs> Hopefully one day. <laughs> and that's it for today's episode, everybody. Thank you, Cynthia, and thank you, Maddie, for joining me on Take Me Two today and taking me and our audience on a journey to this beautiful country, a uh, hidden European gem, as we said. <laughs> yeah. And it was a pleasure talking with you and learning more about Latvia. Thanks so much for having us on the podcast. Yeah, Cynthia's been buzzing about it all day. Being yeah. able to speak about Latvia this much has made yeah, me really happy. Really so, happy. <laughs> so thank you for that. If you enjoy this as much as I did, I am expecting you to come back with me here with more stories, but this time about England, and we need to hear more of Maddie. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll do my best to talk about the UK as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> I am looking forward to it and I bet you guys listening are as well. In the meantime, check Maddie and Cynthia out. You can find them on Instagram at the Travel Story Society or on their Travel Story Society podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and others. Or seek out their adventures among the many on the Travel Story Society's blog on www.travelstorysociety.com where you can even share yours. So, if you have a travel story you want to share with the world, just contact them and they will make it happen. I have included all of their links in the description for you to check them out. And I have to say, 
I love today's episode and I don't know about you but me being totally unfamiliar with any facts about Latvia before scheduling this interview, I have been pleasantly surprised and undoubtedly persuaded to book a ticket to Riga the first day possible. <laughs> I hope Cynthia and Maddie manage to bring a vivid image of Latvia in your imagination as well and in a way take you there. If you have enjoyed this episode, please check out another one and let us take you somewhere else. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at it is sunny over here and at take me to podcast or any other social media platform where you can leave your questions and proposals for our next destination. Let me know where do you want to go. Follow our social media where we'll keep you updated and included in the podcast creating process or visit www.takemetopodcast.com for more information. New episodes dropping on Tuesdays, so come back and let us take you somewhere else. As for today's quote, it goes, Once a year, go somewhere you have never been before. And I say, why not make that Latvia this year? Thank you for listening. This is your host Sunny. Join me again on our next episode, on a new journey to a new destination.